0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: We've been, uh, on Sunday mornings, we've been looking at just a brief sermon series that I've entitled Seasons of Change. And uh, today I'd like to do this. I'd like to bring this thought to a conclusion and kind of finish up uh, the series um, I, uh, I want to take a look at a, a thought here in Galatians chapter number 6 this morning. If you have your Bibles, open up to Galatians chapter number 6. And in verse number 9, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it kind of spells it out. Look at, look at the screen. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Right? You see that? In due season. And so this morning I want to chat just for a little bit about what we would call the season of reaping. There's a season for reaping, right? you there, Galatians chapter 6, and we'll look at verses 7 through 9 here in just a little bit. Let me ask you, have you, ever taken, have you ever taken into consideration some of our modern proverbs? You know what a proverb is? A proverb is a concise statement, you know, that kind of is a summary statement, and uh, there's a lot, of course, we have the book of Proverbs, but then we have what we consider ancient Proverbs. There's a lot of Chinese Proverbs, you know. Um, I like this one, he that anticipates calamity suffers it twice. <laughs> eh, it's good, isn't it? Amen. Well, you got such a roar out of that, we ought to bow our heads, close our eyes, and have prayer he that anticipates calamity suffers its wives. And there's a lot of different proverbs like that. Here's one. Uh, You may have heard this one. Someone says this. uh, Someone said this, what goes up must come down. down. You've heard that before, right? We would, I guess we would label that as a proverb. You know, it's just a concise statement. Um, And what that, what that modern proverb is connected to is the law of gravity, right? What goes up must come down. You, you you've seen that in operation, haven't you? Sure, you have. Uh, you know, uh, back when Isaac Newton observed an apple falling from a tree, and here's what he here's what struck him that apple never that apple never fell upward. It always fell downward. And what you found there, what we find there, is the recognition of the law of gravity. Right now, uh, let's be clear. Isaac Newton did not create the law of gravity. That's the law of nature. That's the law that God instilled in creation, uh, but He recognized it. And today we have what we call the law of gravity. Say with me again, what goes up must come down. That's just the way it is. Uh, We can overpower a law, right, but you can't break it. You can overpower gravity with aerodynamics, but if the jet propulsion ceases to operate, that jet is coming down. Why? Because what goes up must come down, right? That's a law, law of nature, right? Law established by God. Here's another, modern day proverb. You, you may have heard this before. If you have, finish it with me. What goes around, man, you're sharp. You are a sharp group of people. So what goes around comes around, right? And that's a modern day. It's a concise statement. I would call that a modern day proverb, And that's connected, now pay attention right here, that is connected to the law of sowing and reaping, right? The law of sowing and reaping. Remember I said just a moment ago, "Mm, you can overpower a law, but you can't break a law. It is there, right? And according to the Scriptures, the Bible says in our text, look at verse number 7, be not deceived, God's not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, that should, now, I, I like to do this this morning. I like to put a positive spin on that. I like, to, I, like, I like to speak about this in a positive way. Most of the time, when you read verse number 7, immediately you're brought under the, uh, under the attitude of guilt. Whatsoever man soweth that that will also reap. And, you know, be not deceived. God's not mocked. And we use it kind of in a negative way, right? Man, you better be careful. And, and there is a, a connotation to that. But also think about this, what you sow, you will reap on the positive side of life. Isn't that right? Look at verse number 8 of our text. Apostle Paul says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap what? Life everlasting. That's the positive side of of the story, correct? And and what you find is this, uh, what you find is the, the law of sowing and reaping, Uh, It runs throughout the whole Bible. In fact, there's a connection. There's a thread of connection from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And I want you to see the context. For example, listen to what Job said. Job chapter 4 and verse number 8. Throw it up on the screen, guys. Job said this, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness shall what? Reap the same. What's he saying? There's just a law that's in place. Whatever you sow, that is what you'll reap. Um, you don't have this one up there, fellows, but listen to this one, Ecclesiastes 11.4. Here's what, the, the, in fact, Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, the wise man. He said this. I like this, this proverb. He said, he that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Right? And so it's kind of like, I always thought thought about it like this, where in life sometimes we just kind of test the waters, or maybe we come outside and we, oh, it's a little windy today, I better go back in. He that observes the wind, or if you're conditioned by circumstances, you'll never sow the field. You'll never do anything with what God has given you. And as a result, your reaping will be the same. You see that? Here's another one, Old Testament, Hosea chapter 8. Verse number 7, go ahead, flip it up there, guys. Look what it says. For they that sow the wind shall reap the whirlwind. We can say this, maybe that was the proof text for uh, what goes around comes around. Right? If you sow the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. That's just the law of nature. And what you sow, you shall reap. Correct? Here's a New Testament Bible verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. Says this, he which, uh, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You see that? And then, of course, over into our text in Galatians 6, verse number 8, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so the idea is this the commonality in all those verses is what Paul tells us in, in verse number 6. You will reap, one day you will reap what you sow. Whatever you sow, you will reap. It's just the law that God has put into human life, into nature, uh, so to speak. Now, I want to, I want to talk to you just for a moment. This is not the message, but I want you to understand this. I want you, under, I want you to understand um, about this law of sowing and reaping. And if I were to kind of give you an outline on it, here's a couple of things. I'll I'll go through all four of them. I'll pause it and you maybe take a picture with your camera so you can see exactly what the laws of of reaping are. But according to verse number 7, here's what he says, you reap only what you sow. You reap only what you sow. Now think about that. Look at verse number 7 with me. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Right? In verse number 8, he says, if you, if you sow corruption, you'll reap, right? Corruption. So, the second thing I would say is this, you reap the same thing that you sow. So, you reap only what you sow, and then you reap the same as you sow. Right? I'm going to talk about this in just a moment, but I want to see, I want, I want to give you the laws of, of, uh, of sowing and reaping. The third thing is this, according to verse number 10, uh, uh, verse number 9, I'm sorry. You reap in a, a, a different season than you sow. Look what he says in verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. Right? In due season. And so you reap only what you sow. You reap the same as you sow. You reap in a different season than you sow. And then not in this text, but this one goes with it. And this would be number 4. And that is you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 10, verse 29 and 30, listen to this, Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there's no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, right? So now he says, listen, there's nobody that has, you know, turned away from it all or has invested that, he says this, in this life shall receive a hundredfold Now in this time. And he goes on and he talks about in the world to come eternal life. So what he's saying is this. No matter what you think you've given up, you know, you're going to get back in this life a hundredfold. And then in eternity you get eternal life. Right? And so you reap more than you sow. These are what we would call the laws of sowing and reaping. Read them with me. You ready? Number one. You reap only what you sow. Come on, help me with it. You reap only what you sow. Number two, you reap the same as you sow. Number three, you reap in a different season than you sow. And then number four, you reap more than you sow. It's important for us to understand the laws of sowing and reaping. And so according to this text, there's a season to reap. Look at verse number nine again. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Seasons of change, right? This is the third message in this series. We talked about a season for replenishment, restoration. And then we talked about a season for growth. Well, this morning I want us to take a look at this here, a season of reaping. And I want to kind of break this text down for us in bite-sized pieces so we understand it, right? Here's the thing. One day you and I are going to reap a harvest of what we've sown, plain harvest and simple. And I think this, I think it's important for us to understand how this operates. So according to verse number 7, I want you to see a life truth, a life truth. Now here's the life truth, make no mistake about it that you will you will reap what you sow. Did you did you hear that? Sometimes sometimes I think I think we we forget that. And I think sometimes we do some things and we expect a different outcome. Someone said this if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome, that's the definition of? Insanity. 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 And sometimes I think as Christians, even as humans, we, we are borderline insane because we do things and we expect a different outcome. But the bottom line is according to a life truth, you are going to reap what you sow. That's just the way it is. Uh, that's true in agriculture. Isn't it? If you plant, now pay attention with me. I know, I know you know the answer to this. If you plant an acre of corn, should you expect an acre of tomatoes? And the class said, no. 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 I mean, you don't even have you need to know nothing about farming to know if you plant corn, you're going to get corn. corn. You're not going to get watermelons. What did he say? Tomatoes. tomatoes. If you plant, you probably just, you got your seeds crossed. That's what it is. You're in the wrong field, Marty. That's what it is. Uh, And so the idea then is this. uh, In in life, same principle in life, a life truth. I get this, please. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. A few weeks ago, uh, maybe maybe more than a few weeks ago, I was teaching through a a, a message, and I remember saying this, um, and I think it struck a chord. And I'm going to say it again. If you don't like what you're reaping, you must change what you're sowing. Stop. Take a step back. There are some people today, right here, right now, that you're just not enjoying your life. And you're looking at things, and you're saying to yourself, well, why is this, and why is that, and why is this, and why is that? And it just seems as if, doesn't it seem as if sometimes circumstances have a way of piling up. Huh? And every once in a while, when we are in that position of life where we're just not enjoying what we're reaping, we must take a look into the past as to what we've been sowing. And if you don't like what you're reaping, my friend, you've got to start changing what you're sowing. Makes sense, doesn't it? Right? But, but let, me, let, let me take this just a step Further, in verse number seven, I've always, I've always looked at these couple of words and wondered where Paul says, uh, "Be not deceived. Be not deceived." Think about this. Why why do we do things, think things, and feel things that lead to a negative uh, consequence? Why is that? I mean, we're, we're the first ones around here to say we know, right? We know better. We know what the Bible says. We know what we should do. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter number 7, right? He said, the things that I, I'm going to paraphrase, the things that I should do, I don't do. The things that I know I shouldn't do, I do. <laughs> right? And he's kind of looking, you know, whoever he's talking to, maybe he's, look, maybe he's talking to himself in the mirror. You know, what's wrong with, oh, wretched man. You know, I know I should do this, but I don't. I know I shouldn't do that, but I do. Right? And so, it's kind of like you and I. We know truth, but then we, we do differently. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. We're deceived. We're deceived. That's why Paul says in verse number 7, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Don't believe the lie. What lie? What are you talking about? Don't be, don't be pressed into embracing this lie. And here's the lie. The lie is there's no consequences to my choices. That's the lie. Paul says, don't don't be deceived, don't don't swallow that lie, don't think, don't think that you can do this and get a different outcome. Don't think that you can do wrong or plant, you know, corruption and get in corruption. Don't believe the lie, don't deceive yourself, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Do you see that? Why? Because it's a life truth. Let's read verse 7 together. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, Whatsoever I sow, I will reap. Would you read it like that with me? Whatever I sow, I will reap. Life truth. Right? Let's take it a step further. Look at verse number 8. He says, for he that soweth to the flesh, and then he that soweth to the spirit. So now in verse number 8, what you're finding is reaping options. These are the sowing and reaping options. And Paul kind of simplifies it. Right? He kind of narrows it down. I like simplification. I hate, you know, when people make things complicated. Right? Make it simple. You know? I like simplification. He simplifies it. And here's what Paul says in this, in this text of Scripture. Basically, you either, there's only two options. You either sow to the flesh or you, you sow to the spirit. Right? Did you see that? And then he adds this. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. Right? What's, what's he mean by that? What's he talking about there? Let me let me let me see if I can just add a little practical commentary. I think what he's saying is this: If you sow to the flesh, you're sowing that which is temporary. It has no lasting quality about it. It will decay. It will not last into eternity. Right? Corruption. He's not basically saying, you know, if you sow to the flesh, every time you sow to the flesh, it's corrupt. Because we're often sowing to the flesh, right? Bob got up here just a little bit ago and spoke about the Phillies game. Now, I'm all for it. I mean, I was watching the game. I was as excited as could be. As soon as he walked into my office this morning, I seen the Phillies win in his eyeballs. And then we both rejoiced together. And, but here's what we know. We know that's short-lived, right? Uh, but we, we've enjoyed that, but it's short-lived, in fact, I'm, I'm not going to say another word. I don't want to jinx them, you know. Uh, but that's short-lived, and that, that will decay. When we get to heaven one day, it's not going to matter. It just will not matter, right? It matters now, and I'm not saying it's not important to me, because it is. I want to see them win the World Series too. I'm not betting a parking lot on it, you know. But I want to see them win, don't you? Yeah, sure, unless you're some kind of other kind of fan, I guess, but, but but it won't last. So Paul says this, when you sow to the flesh, you are sowing temporary seeds that will not last in the end. In the end, you'll have nothing. You'll have nothing. But then, uh, other option, if you sow to the Spirit, you shall reap life everlasting. Or what he's saying is this, when you sow spiritual seeds... What you're doing is you are sowing that which will transcend this world. It'll transcend time. Boy, if we can only believe that what we do down here will matter when we get up there, I think it'll maybe have the the power to make an, an attitude adjustment in us. What we do now will matter in the hereafter. Right? There's biblical evidence of that. This is just one verse of Scripture where Paul says, if you sow to the Spirit, then you'll have life everlasting. Now here's, look, look let, me, let me correct a, a faulty thought here. And that is this, he's not saying that in order for you and I to have everlasting life, we need to sow spiritual seeds. That's not what he's saying. Why? Because salvation is not based upon what we do, it's based upon what Christ has already done right he's talking to who he's talking to believers here he's writing to a church in galatia churches are made up of individuals like you and i who are born again we already know the lord our salvation has been satisfied settled secured got nothing to do with salvation this has everything to do with our lives our lives and what he's saying is this: We need to make sure that in life we are we're making the proper decisions. Look at it like this: Here's the, here's, the, here's the thought process. Life is built like building a building, one brick at a time, or one decision at a time. And what you do if you were to go outside and look at the course of brick along this wall here, you'd see that it's one brick laid upon another brick. Life is built one decision upon another decision. And what he's saying is this, you need to make sure you're making the best decisions, decisions that will transcend time. Are you with me? Uh, He speaks of it as far as sowing spiritual seeds, why? Because the life truth is this, you will one day reap what you sow. Plain and simple. See how that works? And so here in this text, he's saying, keep in mind, keep in mind that life principle. And each day of our lives, as we make decisions, we need to make decisions based upon what will last and won't. That doesn't mean tomorrow night when the Phillies play, we don't watch the game because it doesn't, it's not going to matter. It will matter. It just won't matter in heaven. Amen? But I'm not, going to take my, I'm not going to take my tithe and bet on the Phillies game. Why? Because even if I win, that money is not going to last me. But if I tithe it and give it to God, it transcends time. See how that works? And so if anybody was thinking today, taking your tithe and betting on the Phillies game, I, I wouldn't do that. Take money out of your wife's purse, but don't take your tithe. You don't want to do that. Right? None there. <laughs> you said none there. Amen. And then, and then he gets into this one final thought where, of course, we start. And that's verse number 9. And he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Now get the next phrase. For in due season. He's talking about timing here. Timing. So you see a life truth. He gives us some, some sowing, reaping options. And then he talks the t- about the time of harvest. The time of harvest. In due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we faint not. Those words in due season speaks to us about a time of reaping. You know, reaping, pay attention right here, reaping usually is not immediate, correct? Uh, I don't know if you've ever planted anything, but you know, if you just go and buy a flower and you plant it, well, you can see immediate results. But if you plant a seed, you, you don't expect tomorrow morning you know, to come out and see the fruition of it. Here's what you know. You know that there's a time for planting, and then there's a time for reaping. There's a time for harvesting. There's a time for it to grow, correct? And it's not immediate, right? It takes its time. Reaping is not immediate. It, there's a time for reaping. And, and, and this could be discouraging, especially for people like me. Why? Because I like immediate results. You know, I really do. I mean, I, I, like, to, I like to see things happen just like that. You know, we raised up some money for a parking lot last week. I was expecting to come in today and see a new parking lot. <laughs> what happened here? You know, but here's what we know as we grow and as we mature, that there are seasons, you know, that God has set aside. There's a season for reaping, and such is true in our lives. Uh, when you sow to the flesh, there are times where there's immediate benefits, and there are times when there's not. For example, if you, if you sow to the flesh, let's talk financially Right? A lot of times when you purchase something, when you sow financially, you see an immediate benefit. You see an immediate result. For example, you go, buy, go down to the Turnersville Turner's Auto Mall and buy yourself a new car. And most of the time, it used to be before COVID, you can just drive off the lot with that car. Right? So you're seeing an immediate benefit. After service today, you go to your favorite little uh, restaurant or diner, and you're going to get lunch, and so you you pay for your meal, and you eat your meal, right? Immediate. I mean, that's an immediate result. However, what we need to understand, and I think we don't, is this. Sowing to the flesh has immediate depreciation values. Did you hear that? When you sow to your flesh, what you sow begins to immediately depreciate. For example, if you've ever bought a car, you know this when you drive that car off the lot, it is no longer valued at the same value as when you purchased it. Now, I know the world is upside down right now, right? And after COVID, everything's changed where used cars are more expensive than new cars. I don't know why that is, but it's a strange time we're living in right? Uh, Property values have gone through this, you know, through the ceiling. And and so, but normally speaking, you know, when you're sowing to the flesh or things that are fleshly do depreciate in value, correct? Are you with me? But that's not the case spiritually, not at all. In fact, when you sow, when you sow uh, spiritually, you're making an investment, you're making an investment. And, and what happens is this. When you invest, you know this. When you invest, it takes a period of time before you start to see the value. Correct? And if you just wait in due season, if you let it linger, if you let it build up, if you let it work, it will bring some fruit. Correct? But that's where sometimes I think we get discouraged. Right there. Because we want to see those immediate results, and, 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 and sometimes waiting is difficult, isn't it? At least for me, it's difficult. But this works on the positive and a negative sense. For example, and pay attention right here. If we sow to the flesh and think that we've gotten away with something, we're wrong. I've, I've counseled with people, talked with people, mentored people, disciple people through the years who have sown some real corrupt seeds. And they think because immediately it didn't come back at them, they got away with it. But we must remember a life truth. What's the life truth? You will reap what you sow. I don't have time to get real personal with this, but I'll guarantee you this, this is true in all walks of life. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So, all of a sudden, mama comes home from work, and mama says to her husband, I want out of this relationship. And, all of, and the husband's just like, what, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? Why is that? And she doesn't put it in writing, but if she could, she might write something like this. You haven't paid attention to me in years. You haven't recognized me. You haven't appreciated me. You haven't loved me. You haven't spent time with me. And the list goes on and on and on. And what happened was this. One day at work, one day at work, one of the guys at work just happened to say, boy, that's a, is that a new dress? Did you get your hair cut? Did you do something different? Guess what happens the next day? Mama goes to work looking even a little bit better than that day. Hello? And all because somebody, Daddy, wasn't sowing the seeds. Now, I'm not saying a Mama was right. I'm not making excuses. But Daddy has no right to wonder as to why he's bearing this crop or this fruit. Why is that? Because they were the seeds that he sowed. Huh? You get that guy, he's sitting home and nobody's around. His wife went to bed, his kids are in bed, and all of a sudden he opens up his laptop. And he begins to do a search on Google, you know, and it because, it's innocent at first. He's just inquiring. You know, he just has a question about something. You know, and maybe it's sexual. And before long, that, that little search turns into another search. You know, and he, he, even, he even tries to put it on the incognito. Some of you know what I'm talking about there. The Google incognito search. By the way, your computer doesn't forget a thing. And if you think you're erasing your history, you ain't erasing nothing. Huh? And before long, before long, now he is overwhelmed with pornography. Huh? And he thinks because he closes that laptop and goes to bed, it's over with. No, no. You're sowing. And a life truth teaches what? Say it with me. You will reap what you sow. Right? And Paul makes it really clear. You're either sowing seeds of what do you want to be? Spirit, you're either sowing seeds in this field here, which is spiritual, or you're sowing seeds in this field here, which is corrupt, but you're always sowing these seeds, and you will reap a harvest one day. It just takes time. It just takes some time for that harvest to come to fruition. So negatively speaking, you think maybe nah, I'm getting away with it. nobody knows anything. You haven't gotten away with anything. And I don't want to get too personal with this because I don't want you to think I'm calling you out. But that goes with everything. That goes with your relationship with husband and wife and with children and with church. Yeah. Look here. you can't look here. You cannot become casual with church and don't think it's not going to affect your kids in the future. That's why younger generations don't want to go to church. Why? Because behind the scenes, mom and dad have been dragging themselves for years. No, got to go to church again. You don't, think, you don't think little Susie and little Johnny sees that? Yep. And I don't mean anybody's names. <laughs> huh? You don't think that's going to have some kind of effect? Come on. You don't think your children see your, 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 your inconsistency mm-hmm. and your compromise and your soft choices? They may not say anything to you, but guaranteed they're writing it down, they're marking it down, they're taking a mental note. And when they're no longer institutionalized, you know what that means? Governed by the home, governed by the school, governed by, when now they can make their own decisions, guess what's going to happen? They're going to make them. And you're going to wonder, well, we brought them to church. It's more than just bringing in the church. It's you doing, like my brother here said a little bit ago, having the right attitude, getting excited about it. I get to, like I preached last week, I get to go to church. I don't have to. I get to. That makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. So if you think, if you think, if you think that you're sowing these seeds and not, no, you're wrong. It's just there's a time of harvest. And that's true spiritually. Not just on the negative side, but on the spiritual side. Huh? I mean, the Bible says this: when you go ahead and you plant spiritual seeds, you're going to reap a spiritual harvest. But every once in a while, we get discouraged because you know we're doing right, we're doing right, we're doing right. We don't see any, and sometimes we think it's just it's, it's useless. But it's not. I'll never forget this: <clears throat> we had <clears throat> years ago in our church, John Alina Rutilli. Somebody references, maybe it was you, Tony, a while ago, referenced Cowtown and the gospel Track ministry at Caltown. Somebody referenced that here. I forget who it was. And uh, you ever, ever been to Caltown? You remember the little gospel Track ministry that was there? John and Lena Rutilli had that for over 40 years. And they were just an old couple, an old Italian couple. In fact, from Italy. He was from Italy, spoke broken English. He always wore a cowboy hat when he was down at Caltown. <clears throat> and they literally, they were members of our church, they literally gave out tens of thousands of gospel tracts. But they didn't just give them out like you and I give them out. Man, they gave them out with a witness. I mean to tell you, I've never met in my life, isn't that right, Jason, a couple more dedicated to sharing the gospel than John and Lena Rutilli. And they led, Tyler, they led tons and tons of people to the Lord through the years. And they were soul winners. I mean, every week at our church, they would go out you know, knocking on doors and telling people about Christ. I mean, they were just, everywhere they went, they were witnesses. i never forget one day, Lena, Mrs. Rutile, uh and I'm talking about up in years now. They were older folk, well in their seventies. I remember one day she came to my office, all discouraged, and she had she would battle with discouragement all the time over this. And she would just say, she would say, "Preacher, I'm 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 finished with it. What are you talking about? I'm not going to. Do, I don't see any fruit. You know, I've witnessed all week long. Nobody got saved. She would get so discouraged, you know, because she was a faithful witness, told everybody about Jesus. But at times there were people that just weren't receptive. You know? And I would have to encourage her over and over that you do not understand what God is doing behind the scenes. You're sowing the seeds. Maybe it's going to take somebody else to come along and, and, and reap that crop, but don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season, finish it, you will reap. You're going to reap. And sometimes I think that we get discouraged because we're not seeing an immediate harvest. But the Bible says there's a time there's a due season, there's a time for reaping. And we just need to stay at it and stay consistent and not get discouraged. Amen? Amen? Amen. Seasons of life. I think we've, we're noticing, of course, we're seeing it outdoors already, seasonal changes, right? We're going from summer to fall, and then shortly thereafter, we go to death, uh, we go to winter. <laughs> we go to winter. Everything is gray, you know. Uh, including our, our tone. But spring's coming. Yeah. Amen? I forgot the number. I was already counting down the days till spring. We can bypass Christmas for all I care. Just get me to Easter. I'd rather have Easter. Why? Springtime. You know, I like warm weather. However, listen, there are seasons of change in life as well. And you can't avoid them. We all go through them. Right? There are seasons for replenishment and rest and restoration. There are seasons for growth where you begin to cultivate and plant new seed and, and, and challenge yourself to grow. And then there are seasons for reaping. There's a time for reaping. And the Bible says we shall reap if we faint not, right? And, and, and so I remember saying this 105 times, God keeps good records. He don't forget anything that we do. We need to just make sure we're doing the right thing doing the right thing. Seasons of change, and there's a season for reaping. And so, having said that, continue to seek God in God's will. Because there's a season for reaping, continue to seek God in God's will. Continue to use your spiritual gift so that, so that God can continue to bestow upon you, you know, His blessing and His favor and His grace. And then finally, continue to care for others, and in due season, you'll reap. So many times people come along and they'll say to me, oh, preacher, i tell you what, oh, so-and-so, oh, old, old Marty, he's so lucky. Man, he's got a great marriage and he's got a great career and, and man, God's just blessed him. And I'm quick to point out, luck has nothing to do with it. There's a, there's a law in effect here and it's the law of sowing and reaping, right? And what you're seeing is you're seeing Marty reaping. Now, pay attention right here. You're seeing Marty reaping what he sowed, what he sowed. Today, you and I are reaping what we sowed. Come on now. I know you don't like to admit it, but it's true. We're reaping what we sowed. I'll tell you this. If in the next five years you want to have a fruitful harvest, then you need to seriously begin sowing the right seed today. Huh? And I'll put it up in writing for you. If you don't like, go ahead and flip it, if you don't like what you're reaping, you must change what you're sowing. And some of us today, I must encourage you, some of us today, we need to take a serious, into serious account what, what it is we're sowing. Because guaranteed, a life truth be not deceived. Don't believe that lie. You will reap what you sow. Let's make sure we're reaping or harvesting or sowing the right seed, right? You sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. Sow to the Spirit, you'll reap to the Spirit. That's where we want to reap. Amen?
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.